Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What is up, B boys and B girls? We are back with our weekly interviews. I know I switched it up last week, and I have other episodes coming up that aren't straight interviews either, but what I'm calling hip-hop roundtable episodes. There will be four to six of us discussing topics like top 10 West Coast albums, things like that. Be on the lookout for those episodes in the coming months. As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore boy podcast. Email us at stillabboypodcast at protonmail.com if you want to check out the video version of each interview you can find them on youtube either on my labels channel 101st airborne productions that's airborne with a u or just search still a b-boy podcast and this week's in memory we remember a king actually an underground king as one half of the legendary group ugk this week we remember port arthur rapper pimp c rest in peace fool Chad Lamont Butler, who would go on to be Pimp C, was born December 29, 1973 in Crawley, Louisiana. He was born premature and suffered numerous health issues, including a birth defect that caused his legs to point inward, which he required braces to fix. He also had digestive problems and poor eyesight after almost going blind from a severe bout of pink eye. He also suffered pneumonia at least nine times as a child. While still a child, the family moved to Port Arthur, Texas, where C's love of music flourished. C's father was a trumpet player, and C took to learning to play musical instruments like a natural. All as a child, he learned to play the piano, trumpet, drums, and flugelhorn all by ear. Yeah, I had a Google flugelhorn. Had no idea what it was. When he came across the rap group Run DMC, he caught hip-hop fever and started making his own beats using a drum machine and a keyboard he got as a Christmas present. While at school, he found a friend who loved hip-hop as much as he did. His name was Bernard Freeman, but the world would know him as Bun B. By 1987, Pimp C and Bun B formed the group UGK, which stood for Underground Kings. After five years of demos and pushing their music on the local scene, they finally got noticed by Jive Records, who signed the duo to a five-album contract after hearing their independent EP, Band. That same year, they would release their debut, Too Hard to Swallow. The album started making some noise on the underground, especially the single Pocketful of Stones, which also appeared on the soundtrack for Menace to Society. That was the first time I remember hearing UGK. 
they would release two more albums in the 90s, 1994's Super Tight and 1996's Riding Dirty, but 2000 would be the breakout year for the duo. That year, they made a guest appearance on the Jay-Z song Big Pimpin', and that song blew up. The song was being played everywhere that year. And on top of that, they also appeared on the hit song Sippin' on Some Scissor with 3-6 Mafia. The pair's stock had risen dramatically, and Jive Records looked to capitalize on it as soon as possible. In 2001, the pair released Dirty Money. Dirty Money would reach number 19 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and number 2 on Billboard's top R&B slash hip-hop list. It also featured many high-profile guests, such as Too Short, 3-6 Mafia, Goody Mob, 8-Ball and MJG, Devin the Dude, and more. Just as the pair were at the height of their success, Pimp C was incarcerated on a gun assault charge. But Bun B carried the torch while C was gone by not only appearing on multiple songs by other artists, but also releasing his first solo album, Trill, in 2005. Rap-A-Lot Records would also release a Pimp C project that year titled Sweet James Jones Stories. Bun would shout, Free Pimp C! the entire time C was in prison, and C was finally free on December 30th, 2005. The next year, Pimp C would release a proper studio solo album, Pimpolation, which hit number 3 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and number 1 on Billboard's top R&B slash hip-hop charts. But it was time for the duo to get back in the studio and give the world a new UGK album, and boy did they deliver. August 7, 2007, they would release their best work ever, the double album titled Underground Kings. It is widely looked at as their best work and included such songs as The Game Belongs to Me, International Players Anthem featuring Outkast, Life Is 2009, which is a remake of the classic Too Short song, Grind Hard, Quit Hatin' on the South featuring Willie D the Ghetto Boys, Cocaine featuring Rick Ross, Next Up featuring Big Daddy Kane and Cool G Rap, and so many more. It also features some of rap's biggest names, and they finally hit number one on the U.S. Billboard Top 200. The album earned the pair their first gold record as well. The duo were at an all-time high. But reality hit on December 4, 2007. Pimp C was out in California working on some music with Too Short. When he failed to come home on his return flight, his wife and cousin called the hotel he was staying at and asked if they could check on him. The hotel staff discovered C unresponsive and he was pronounced dead shortly after. The coroner's report ruled his death an accident due to a combination of codeine and cough medicine, a popular drink among southern rappers at the time, mixed with his sleep apnea. One more UGK album was released in 2009 using unreleased material and his partner Bun B has continued to give us music and keep C's memory alive. So this week, jump in your ride, Roll the windows down, drive slow, and bump some UGK and remember Pimp C, a true Southern hip-hop pioneer. And speaking of Southern hip-hop pioneers, that's what I got for you today in the interview. K. Reno comes through, talking about how he started rhyming in 1983, coming up with Gangster Nip in the late 80s, releasing over 50 studio albums, starting the South Park Coalition, his community outreach, and so much more. So enough of me, let's bring in the legend K. Reno. 
But first, let's play that song. Still a b-boy, from the old to the new. Still a b-boy, too bold for the school. Still a b-boy, east coast to the west. B-boys worldwide, we supposed to be blessed. Still a b-boy, from the old to the new. This week, we head to Houston, Texas for a true OG from the city. Proving that artists from the South can be just as lyrical as those in NYC. My next artist has been putting it down for decades. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my guest, Kay Reno. What's yeah. going on, man? Blessed, man. Blessed and honored to be a part of your show. And I just appreciate the love. Thank you so much. Do you remember the first time you heard hip hop? Yeah, real close. Uh, probably um, either Sugar Hill Gang. Um, back in the late 70s, mm -hmm. uh, then into The Message, The Grandma's Flash, and Curtis Blow. That was my early introduction mm -hmm. to hip-hop. Who were some of the first MCs that you really gravitated towards? Yeah, um, it would probably be Curtis Blow when I really started to just really, really listen. I, I memorized the, the Rapper's Delight song. I remember being real young, knowing all the words to that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of just focusing in on a particular artist and you like, wow, I'm, I'm listening to this guy consistently, that would probably have to be around the time when Run DMC came along. You know, and I'm listening to Run and DMC, just learning every song, knowing every song. Um, and then later on, that would become Tila Rock and KRS-One, you know, Kane and all those guys, so yeah. At what age did you start thinking, you know, maybe I can do this when you started writing or, or rhyming? Yeah, I was 13 years old, man, when I wrote my first rap. And um, it, it consisted mainly of uh, some thievery from some Melly Mel lines here and there, you know, so I just started out. So, uh, but I was 13 when I first wrote it and I um, just fell in love with it. I was, I was gone after that. I had to do it. And um Maybe three years later, I was in the studio because I went through the little phases of, you know, trying to find myself and battle rapping and all that. But um, it didn't take me long to go from just trying my hand to saying, okay, now I think I'm good enough to get in the lab and put some out. How long did it take from first starting to then getting in the studio to releasing that first actual project? Yeah, I started in 83. By 86, we were recording our first record, you know, so that's like a three-year period. Um, and the record dropped in 87. I was with a group called Real Chill. My dad was funding the project and putting us out. We didn't really know anything about the business. We didn't even know anything about recording in studio. Um, we just had an idea of what we wanted to sound like because we were still looking at, again, the Run DMCs and the LL Cool J's, and we just were trying to get as close to that as we could. But by 87, uh, I was still in high school. I was in 11th grade when I put my first record out, and I had only been rapping four years at the time. And, and, and even though I felt like I had come a long way in terms of getting better, I know, I knew then, and I know definitely now that I was nowhere near <laughs> a finished product. So, you know, it was a process, and, and but I was glad to, to go through that. How did the name uh, K Reno, how did that stage name come to be? Yeah, it's just a nickname I've been having long before I was rapping. And when I started getting to rap music, I would always play around with acronyms 
even in my early days, I would play around with acronyms and um, just the K, the R, the I, the N, and the O. And I joked about this before. It used to stand for keeping rhymes in numerical order. Then I, I evolved it into later on killer rhymes, intellectually nullifying opponents, you know, just um, building off of my battle rap days. But I always played with the letters in the name and um, till I got it how I wanted it to be. You came up in South Park. A lot of MCs are from that area, Houston. Is there something in the water there? I mean, uh, you know, explain South Park and all the talent that, that came from that area. I don't know, man, but it, it's, it's, it's really interesting that so many uh, great rappers came out of that neighborhood. And um, Houston itself has so many phenomenal rappers, north, south side, you know, all over east, west. But um, South Park just has so many that, that really, really took off, whether they took off on mainstream level, whether they took off and had an underground following. And the great thing about it, um, many of them, most of them are still doing it today and still relevant today. So I, I just think that in every city, um, you know, they're going to be different sides of town. And at some point, one of those sides of town is going to produce more MCs, more artists than the other. It doesn't make us better than the other side of town. It just by the numbers, it just seems like we put out more guys, you know. And pretty early on, you were working with Gangsta Nip, right? Right. Right. So yeah. how did how did you meet him? How did that, you know, collaboration all start? Yeah, you know, in the battle rap days, it was every man for himself, every group for themselves. And they would always have, Houston always had uh, rap contests in different little clubs, different little spots. And they always, the high schools always had talent shows. Every high school in, in the hood had a talent show. And at, in those talent shows, different artists, didn't matter what side of town you come from, we would try to, okay, well, school call Jack Yates. Okay, we going to get in the, in the Yates talent show. Oh, school called Jesse H. Jones. We going to get in, the, in, in vice versa. So we would all see each other at these different talent shows and that natural MC animosity that existed, I'm pretty sure, all around the world was there in Houston as well because everybody was trying to establish that um, that supremacy, this feeling that they were the best. And, and a lot of us, we we were we was good and we knew and felt like we was the best. So Nip was just like me. We were the same, exactly the same. So it seems like just we were the two that kind of gravitated towards each other because it was this tension of like, wonder who would win out of Carino and Nip. You know, it was, it was like that, you know, and we both kind of had the same uh, mind frame in terms of like, let's do it whenever you want to do it, we can do it. And we finally clashed and we had that battle um, at the legendary battleground in South Park back in 87. And um, after that battle, it's kind of like a boxing match. You know, two boxers are talking all this trash to each other in, in, the, in the media at the, the the way in they all they they having all this this build up because in their minds they both are confident you know when the time come I'm gonna dominate this guy and the other guy's thinking the same thing but then when they come together it's like oh wait a minute he got something like whoa you know he got me with that one you know so that then it turns into a respect 
And that's what happened with me and Nip. You know, once we had that battle, because we went so many rounds and people wanted to keep seeing us going. And um, we just looked at it like, I, I think we probably both underestimated each other. Like, oh, this dude is just, just greater than I thought he was. And we was, after that, we couldn't separate us after that. And the beauty was that all of the, the rappers from his high school and all the rappers from my high school, we all came together. Once the two heads came together, then the body, the rest of the components came together as well. One thing I love about your music is the lyricism. Even, you know, I think the first album I heard of yours was the Black Book one. So we're in early 90s, correct? Right. And even then, you would have been relatively young, early 20s. Yeah. Um, you already had thought-provoking, I mean, there was the street element, but there was also thought-provoking and lyricism. Was that something that came natural, or did you always try to really uh, hone that skill as far as being lyrical, more lyrical than the average MC? Yeah, definitely tried to hone it because, again, I, I came up listening to Rakim, KRS-One, Kane, and you know, Tila Rock and those guys, and LL Kumo D, those guys were very, very lyrical. And they had the um, the the great ability to put words together in, in clever ways, clever patterns, um, clever punchlines, all those different things what I grew up listening to. So that was always my favorite style of rap, despite, you know, the fact that I am a storyteller, I am a rapper who covers um, social issues and uh, consciousness. Um, I do have the street element, mm -hmm. but my favorite is the words, is the lyricism. So that was, I, I'm rooted in that. So even at a young age, like you said, I was 23 when that album came out. I was already pretty, um, pretty polished as a lyricist. I still had a lot of work to do as a lyricist, but in but in other areas, but that was my that was my strong suit, and I I credit the, the guys that came before me, who I I learned a lot from. People you're naming, I grew up on them as well. I mean, some of the best to ever do it, right. the Canes and Raws and KRS Ones and all that. Yeah. So you got a crazy amount of albums. I mean, do you? What's the total count of album studio albums you released? Did you know the number? It's funny, man, because people ask me that all the time. <laughs> and for years, I would say, oh, it's about 40 something. Then as it got more and more, I was like, oh, it's close to 50. Then now I know for certain that I crossed over the, the 50 uh, threshold recently. So um, I'm probably at around 52, 52-ish, something up in there. And um, that's if you count everything, if you count um, just compilations I've done and, and, and collaborations along with the solos because a lot of my collaboration and things of that nature, they full albums. So it's not like just something thrown together. You know, I got a few best of, but about 50 some albums. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, 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 and right at a 40-year span. That's, that's mad impressive. <laughs> it's a blessing, man, because um, I'm, I'm thankful that I haven't run out of stuff to talk about yet. And I'm thankful that I have a um, core audience that still clamors like, hey, man, when you coming out, when you coming out, mm-hmm. you know, that that's really the key. You know, the people are really the, the driving force because um, once they with you, they with you. But if they're not with you, if they leave you, then what you do now just re- uh, goes back to being a hobby <laughs> as it right. was in the beginning. So, you know. Uh, and they keep me motivated because they 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 remind me of well you know not to be boastful but like whoa okay I, that was pretty good I guess I said that you know so it, it keeps you motivated to um, keep giving them what it is that they like being. So my favorite album is a Danger Zone album. I can remember being like a senior in high school about when that came out and bumping that in my car. Do you have a favorite project? You know, all these to choose from. Is there one or two that really stick out for you? Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, um, it would be Annihilation of the Evil Machine. That was my first uh, double album that I ever put out. I feel like every, I feel like every uh, artist who's been in it a long time has to do at least one double album. Yeah. And that was my double album, uh, Annihilation of the Evil Machine. So when people ask me that, I always, picked out and we dropped out in like 2010 so that album is actually around 12 years old now which is crazy because I, I remember the uh creative process clear and vivid like it was yesterday um just in the studio with the homie sniper just putting it down so for that album to be 12 years old that album is almost a teenager it's just kind of crazy <laughs> Yeah. I know old you get the faster time goes. I'm learning that as well. So talk about the South Park Coalition, massive group of, you know, MCs, how that came together. Just, you know, kind of give love to that. Yeah, no question, man. You know, that, that those are my brothers, man. We, we like family. It is a lot of us, you know, and of course we don't see each other all the time as much as we used to, but we still have moments where we all come together. And um, um, I started the South Park Coalition in 1987, same year, 87 is a a real significant year, you know, in my career because so many um, pivotal things happened in 87. The battle with Nip was in 87. I released my first record in 87. I started the South Park Coalition in 87. So that year was just different, I guess. But um, when me and Nip battled and all of his, crew from Jones High School and all mine from Sterling, we came together, that just reinforced, that strengthened the South Park Coalition, because in the beginning, it was just guys that went to school with me, and it may have been about seven or eight of us, so now we got 15 of us now, then we started branching out, getting other, by the the next year, Dope E 
in Egypt, Eden, and, and, and do twice, and the terrorists was with us, and rapper K and different people. So it's like, next thing you know, man, we were about 25 deep after a year. And still, even though we were putting out, we were, some of us were putting out records or recording records, we were still heavy in the streets in terms of battling and just shows and underground activity, man. We were still raw. And by the time a lot of us started to put our records out, that rawness that was a part of our street come up, spilled right over into the studio, right over into those recordings. And it made it just that much ridiculous when it when people heard it. So you've got to, you know, like you said, almost 40 years, you've got to work with countless different MCs collaborate with. Who's your favorite one or two people to collaborate with that you've gotten to? Man, it, probably it's just people in 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 my clique, man. You know, I, and I work with some some great artists, man. You know, I I always have to thank people like Cannabis for including me on the, the lyrical law project that he put out years ago. He he didn't have to reach out to me to put me on that record, man. And and I I, I thank him so much for doing that because it introduced me to other fans of lyricism who had no idea who I was. So I, I've always been humbled, you know, by that um, project to be a part of that. Um, most More recently working with Immortal Technique. Um, so talented. Yeah, you know, song me and him and, and R.A. the Rugged Man guy, mm. who's a just monstrous MC, you yeah. know, Immortal. Um, um, but my, my, my favorites are my guys in, in the South Park Coalition, man, um, because we just, I just know how we came up. I know the, the struggles that we went through and I know the competitive nature and the competitive environment that we all existed in among each other. Mm -hmm. and we made each other better. Anything that, that I am, you know, as a lyricist, I have to credit part of that to Klondike Cat. I got a credit part of that to AC Chill, the Dope E. You know, I got a credit part of that to Gangsta Nip, PSK 13, Point Blank, guys who were just notoriously <laughs> terrible, horrible MCs in the in the best way. You know what I'm saying? Guys that when they when they on the they on the song, you like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta reach on the top shelf on this one. And all we did, we made each other better, man. And um, even today, when we come together on a song, you know, I still get that same vibe of like, like flashing back to all of us being in the room at the same time, writing, you know, not knowing what the other guy's coming up with. So you got to ramp your mentality up. So anyone who's been in the game as long as you, I know has crazy show memories. Is there one or two things that stick out? Just something bananas happened at a live show. <laughs> There's a few. Uh, some of that stuff I can't really talk about. You know? Yeah, I understand. Kind of, you know, but no, nah, but really uh, just the shows themselves were great shows. A lot of them that we've done, um, especially back in those days, because when all of us on stage together, and you don't see that a lot, at all, hardly at all anymore. You know, we're going to have to bring that back, but when we were on stage together, man, it, it was just a different, a different animal. But um, you know, that there have been some moments, there have been some moments, but li literally, man, some of that I, I can't talk about some of the stuff that happened, you know. And some of it was uh, more so like uh 
just during times where we was having issues with other people that we don't have those issues with now. Uh -huh. So it's stuff that I, I let stay, you know, right. back. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I have a good friend, Rip Lack. Uh, you did some work with him. Yeah. And I said I was interviewing him and he said, you gotta, I gotta ask you about the community work you do in Houston. Um, so touch on that. Uh, he said you do a lot of, you know, charity community work. Yeah, um, we have another uh, organization. It's called ARC. It's called Artists Respecting Community. And this organization was formed from a meeting that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan had with rappers in the city of Chicago to try to, 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 to down, to get rid of all of the beefing or whatever. And he brought out his ministers from the local, the different cities around the nation to sit in on this meeting and witness how it was going and told them to take this model back to their uh, respective cities and duplicate it. And my minister here in Houston, Houston, Texas, Dr. Abdul Halim Muhammad, reached out to me and said, okay, this is what we need to do. This is the assignment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got together and we formed the ARC and it consisted of really a lot of SPC members, you know, Gangster Nip, myself, Murder One, uh, Cliche, and um, OG Wicked Cricket, and just different artists, Zen, our sister Fire, the media mogul, just in early stages, and, and we would bring rappers out. We would have meetings and gatherings to bring rappers and artists and singers, whatever you did out, and we would discuss um, how to take control over your art form because the industry is so dirty, you know, we didn't, we don't really know about the, the intricate details of business that will protect us on the back end. So we started talking on that, but of course, artists, that's the artistry part, but respecting community, that's the foundation because now we got to start dealing with a lot of these issues because of course, in 2014, when we started the ARC, that's right on the heels. That's a couple of years after Trayvon Martin, it's right in the midst of Michael Brown. It's all of these different situations that are taking place. And now as rappers, we have an obligation to not just report this news and speak on what's going on, but to also instruct, educate, advise, provide wisdom, provide information, and be boots on the ground at the same time, not just running our mouth. They got to see us out here. So if, if, the, if the homeless need to be fed, we need to be out there. If children in these apartment complexes need to be fed, we need to be out there. If there's beef and violence and stuff going on and we are trying to stop and, and curtail, we need to be out there. So that's what ARC is about. So we, we will get together from time to time and um, create initiatives and, and, and have events where we do those types of things because you know we, we've been blessed, man. So we obligated to, to, to get that back and then some. So now I'm going to move to the part of my podcast where I just talk some hip hop shop. I'm going to give you some general hip hop questions. It's just two hip hop heads talking about hip hop. Nice. So if you could only listen to one MC for the rest of your life, who would that be? KRS one. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good pick. Plus he's got a pretty deep catalog. Between yeah. Him. Yeah. You're not going to, it's going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> a KRS track, man. All right. You're on a, Deserted Island, you can only bring five albums. What are those albums? Criminal Minded, 
by Boogie Down Productions. Mm -hmm. um, Grip It on that other level by the Ghetto Dads. <sighs> South Park Psycho by Gangsta Nip. It always gets tough when you get a little further in. Um, Big Daddy Kane, it's a Big Daddy thing. I think that was his second album. Yeah, Long Live the Kane was the first one. Yeah, and probably Raising Hell by Run DMC. Damn, those are all classics. And that, and I know I left some out, but th those yeah. are the five that just jump out, you know, mm -hmm. off the rip. So if you could bring one MC back from the dead to do a song with, who are you bringing back for that one track? I'll, I'll remix your question. I would okay. say, because I, the reason why I say that is because, you know, once a person is passed into that realm, that's where he is. I don't entertain the notion of bringing him back. But okay. what I'll say is that if I could have worked sure. with one of the brothers who were no longer with us while they were around, let me mm -hmm. see, that would probably be, um, I'm going to throw, throw a curveball. Maybe Big L or somebody, oh. you know, we get up in there and then do some, some yeah. lyrical stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Big yeah. L or Pun or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah. Big L was so amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pun so ahead of his time. Pun too. Pun was evil. Woo, man. It, no kidding. His word, his word play was, was, was evil. It was unfair. unfair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. I totally agree. So now I'm gonna do it's I call it this or that. I'm gonna give you two options. You pick the one you think is better. So I'm doing albums. So I got Ghetto Boys, We Can't Be Stopped, or Scarface's The Diary. I love the diary album. The only reason that I would pick We Can't Be Stopped because all of them were on that album. So I, I get more than just face, I get Will, I get Bill, you know, and face. So I would have to go with We Can't Be Stopped. Easy, easy, easy does it or NWA straight out of Compton? Same principle, you know. I'm going to take the group album because as dope as that album was, the easy solo was, mm -hmm. um, straight out of Compton is just one of that. See, that, see, that's one of the ones that when you think back, it's like, that could have easily been in my five that I, easy. you know, yeah. took with, because it just certain albums are, are are crafted in history. They're crafted to perfection, you know. And that's one of the albums where you look back. It, it's funny we talking about this because earlier today, before I left to play basketball, I was thinking about. I don't know why this was in my head. You know, and you gonna you gonna agree with me when I say this. When you listen, when you remember some of the old school albums from back in the days, we knew every song on the album. We practically had every song memorized on the album. But when the when the when a song would go off, when it's fading and going off, we already knew what the next one was coming in. We had that next song coming in memorized. So that's how that's the signs of a classic, perfect album because it's just etched in your memory, it's ingrained in your memory. So yeah, man, um, too many to name, but yeah, but I would take the, the, the group out, the NWA group out. Uh, I got Public Enemy, Takes a Nation of Millions or Fear of a Black Planet? I'm gonna go with it, 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 it takes a nation of millions. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with that one. I'm gonna go with that one, you know? Um, and It Takes a Nation of Millions was the second album, right? 
Yeah, first one was your commercial show. Yeah. Yes, and and, and that's 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 tough one too. But yeah, I would go with uh it takes a nation of millions because you know on that album I think they had uh Black Steel and Our Chaos album. Not a living basis. Rebel without a pause. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the one. That's the one. All right, we got the ices. I'll give you Ice Cube Death Certificate or Ice T OG Original Gangster. I would probably go with Ice T on that one because my favorite Ice Cube album is America's Most Wanted. You know, Death Certificate was was dope, but mm-hmm. it's it's I put America's Most Wanted over that one, so I would go with with Ice T on 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 out of those two. How about Willie D's going out like a soldier or Bushwick Bill's little big man? I got to go with Willie D on that one. Not because I'm on that album. <laughs> but no, nah, it just, I would I would go with Will on that. Will, Will, Will is, is really, um, and I said this a few times, he's underrated as an MC. He's underrated as, as a storyteller. He's underrated as a, a conscious artist. And he's underrated as a strong voice in the hip-hop community on and off record so um just a, a, a great writer man just a great writer bro just insightful and deep at the same time but straightforward at the same time right so um yeah i, I would go i would go with and, and i don't know if if, if if bill um much as much as i love bill, I, I don't know if he was writing a lot of his own material so i'm always lean towards the the person who i know was writing that stuff for themselves. How about Dr. Dre's a chronic or Snoop Doggy style? That's a tough one. This always gives people trouble. This one I had to pull the locs down on that <laughs> because typically I would go with the group because the chronic was more of a um not a compilation but just a collaborative right. type of type of effort. But um I'm gonna go with Snoop on this one, man. I'm gonna go with Snoop. Cause I, I was jamming Doggy Style about two weeks ago. I was listening to that whole album. I was jamming out because, you know, the Shiznit, that's my jam right there. I love that song. So, you know, I, I went to listen to that and end up listening to the whole album. So, yeah. yeah, that album really holds up for being almost 30 years uh, old. Man. Yeah. Well, you know, Dr. Dre, man, it just, see, a lot of times, what sustains an album, what gives an album that long shelf life. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is the production. Because what will happen is if you, if we go back to the 80s and even up into the early 90s, there's a 
particular production style that is automatically connected to that time frame that we said, oh, that sounds like some 80s hip hop. Oh, yeah. that's some early 90s hip But with Dre <laughs> producing, it was just so ahead, so far ahead, man. It's so advanced, man. The music. Uh, so something that he did 30 years ago, like we say, we talking about uh, the Doggy Style album, NWA and all that stuff. It's like that stuff would come out today, you know, and still, still hold form like that. Like when, when, when I was watching, you know, the Super Bowl performance and all, mm -hmm. all the Dre and, and, and Snoop stuff that they did, it's like, man, that stuff is still, I, I don't know if I'm biased because I'm from that era. I don't know if young people might agree with that, but it yeah. just, in my mind, I'm like, man, that stuff is still killer. You know what I'm saying? So that production holds it up. You know, now, of course, if, if guys ain't on the record, you know, back in the saying, still saying, yes, yes, y'all, and all, you know, <laughs> lyrics, the lyrics have a, that same effect, like, okay, they go, he sounds like an 80s rapper, 70s mm -hmm. rapper, you know, but during that time, hip hop was was coming into what we, what I believe to be that, that golden era, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, Dre's obviously one of the best, yeah. which is interesting because my next question is, West Coast producers. I'm gonna give you four of them. You gotta pick which one you think is the best. Dr. Dre, DJ Quick, Ant Banks, or EA Ski. Man. Well, it's, it's Dre. It's Dre. Right. You know, and um, all those guys you named are evil. You know, especially Quick. You know, Ant Banks. I, I mean, they they evil, Bro. man. You yeah. know, so it's like it's nothing wrong with if you say okay well you know well well michael jordan is the, the best to ever mm -hmm. do it but but if you if you if you lebron or there's nothing, nothing wrong with being on that level too and some people would argue the other way around but mm -hmm. I, if i could sit down if i could pick one producer to say man you got one guy to do a full album with it's dre it's not even it ain't even, gotta be. It's not even right. now i got the east coast version i'll give you pete rock dj premier Eric Sermon or Marley Mall? It's Premier. <laughs> you know, H-Town's finest. You know, people don't know Primo is from Houston, man. Yeah. You know, right. that's my guy. Uh, but automatically, it, it's, it's Premier, man, because um, he is uh, so versatile as well. You know, I've heard tracks that you can listen to um, where you can say, and I've told him this, where you say, that's a DJ Premier track. You, he because he has a style and Dre is the same way, you know, that's some Dr. Dre stuff. But there are also beats that he's done that you go, oh, Premier did that? You know, because he just stepped out and showed some versatility that, okay, that don't even sound like some, you know, and that just, that just amps up your respect for him, you know. So all those guys are dope. But yeah, Premier would be the guy for me. Yeah, amazing. But like you said, they're all amazing. Yeah, man, it's it's hard. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's like right. you know, picking one doesn't slight any of the other ones. It's like it's, it's, it's no disrespect to the others. Like y'all are great too. It's it, it, it's like if somebody if if somebody walks up to me and you right now and they they say we're gonna give you ten million dollars, and they tell me they're gonna give me seven million dollars. I'm not mad at the seven. Yeah, right. Ain't mad because you got the ten. You know? Right. So then my last section, I'm going to name an MC and just tell me the first thing that comes to your head. What do you think about when you see, hear their name? 
Chameleonaire. I wish that he would put out more music. That's what comes to my mind when I think mm -hmm. because um, he he's so brilliant as as a, as a rapper as a lyricist. He's uh, he he displays so much intelligence, man. So much cleverness in the way he raps, man. Very creative. I just wish he would come on come on back come on back and, and give us some more. Yeah, it's, it's been a minute since he's put anything yeah. out. I believe. And, I, and honestly, you know, he's he's involved in, in other ventures and all that. And then, you know, if you don't really have to deal with this industry, you, typically people don't. But um, when you got a fan base like he has, and that people still talk about him, when you talk about, um, especially when you break it down, just the city of Houston, when they start talking about best lyricists and best rappers, his name still comes up you know, like heavily that people like ride hard, like, hey, you know, don't forget Chameleon now. So it'll just be great to see him just mess everybody's head up and, and drop something else. We talked about him multiple times, Gangsta Nip. Oh man, this dude here. Gangsta Nip is the um the pioneer man. He's he's a he's an innovator. He's an innovator. You know, we talk about DJ Screw and we talk about how he created a style and innovated a style that slowed and chopped the screwed and chopped i'm sorry the screwed and chopped which people now refer to as slowed and chopped when they do it out of respect for screw because it like like the saying goes in, in houston if, if screw didn't do it it ain't a screw take or a screw mix but um gangsta nip was an innovator in his own right because he created the hardcore style and it's a lot of debates and there's a way oh this guy did it this guy uh -huh. did it I'm going from from my um, perspective of what I seen in the year in the time frames that I was hearing this guy rapping the way he was rapping, and then nobody on my radar was doing it like that. So he doesn't get the credit that he deserves as as an innovator and the creator of a genre that wasn't in existence before him. So and then, then you know that's that's my brother you know at the right. same time he he is he is responsible he is part of my lyrical DNA you know my DNA is a rapper because I learned so much from him I I got so much from him I've taken things from him elements from him that made me better so mm -hmm. you know we 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 locked in and linked you know for life straight up yeah I can remember as a kid first hearing Gangsta Nip and being like. And the ill shit he's saying. I never heard nothing like that in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bananas. And the courage to say it. Right. See, Nip, Nip was saying stuff that we was like, oh my God. you know, it's like, like, I would never say that, you know, but the courage to say it and just, just knowing that when, when this catches the attention of the people, it's going to take people by storm, you know, and, and that's what it was. You couldn't listen to Nip and just not be drawn in, just not be just taken by storm because it's like you never heard nobody coming like that. Uh, we talked about the halftime show. Next, I got Eminem. Eminem is one of the greatest lyricists to ever put pen to paper. Uh, another guy whose uh, ability to, to connect words and to put words together at the same time making those phrases make sense mm -hmm. which is the key element you know you got a lot of guys that would use big words and say a lot of stuff and even may trick you 
with the flow pattern, with the cadence. They may trick you. He is an individual who has all of those facets, but it makes sense and it's clever and it's, it's um, extremely skillful. So yeah, yeah. definitely. No doubt one of the best. Absolutely. How about UGK? Man, I always pause on certain people because of the 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 you know the reverence that I have for them. Right. You know, Pimp C, I'll take them one at a time. Right. Pimp C is in the vein of uh, a Willie D for me, meaning in terms of the fact that when we started out, just being truthful. Mm -hmm. Just the God honest truth, and any rapper from our region that was around that day, they'll bear witness to this. A lot of the rappers that came out at that time, we, we were trying to rap like New York rappers. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we some some rappers was even faking accents and all that. You know, we was trying to dress like them and do. Willie D comes out straight Southern drawl, unapologetic. Ain't trying to fake the funk and sound like he from East. Pimp C was the second coming of that. He was the second come. He was the one who said, "These are country rap tunes that we that we we we." He was like, "We don't we don't call it hip hop. We call it country rap tune." He was the one who had that country slang that. This is me. Take me, love me or hate me. This is me. And with another one that would say whatever was on his mind, whether you like it or not. And people gravitated towards him and loved him for that. Now, Bun, on the other hand, is the lyrical one, the one with the wordplay, the one who, again, like we talked about, all the other great lyricists had that ability to connect those words together and make it make sense. Didn't matter if he was talking about the dope game, didn't matter if he was talking about a female, didn't matter if he was talking about just how cold of an MC he was display that ability and that contrast that they had because when you listen to Pimp and Bond, it's like it don't seem like these guys should be in a group mm -hmm. together because they're so different but the history of hip-hop has always dictated that contrast in in duos is the formula right. to success we, we've been down the line running DMC eight ball and MJG big boy and Andre public Jay enemy Bond. <laughs> Public enemy. Like on different day, I, I mean, it's like you got two guys, eight ball and MJG. Right. You always have two guys, Willie D and Face, that are totally different. And that dynamic, that contrast creates the the uh, the chemistry. So Pimp and Bond did that coming out of Port Arthur, Texas, a city that is was not known for hip hop. Was not known for no rappers coming out of Port Arthur. And the, the 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 beautiful thing about them is that they never tried to fake like they was from Houston and claim Houston and like, well, I, we got to claim the next closest big city. It right. was no PA, Port Arthur. We, this where we from. We repping our town, our little city. We repping our town. And now everybody knows about Port Arthur, Texas. So, right. you know, I, I love them dudes, man. Speaking of lyricists, next I got Cool G Rap. Man. This dude is an assassin, man. Cool G Rap is another guy who was just, 
I don't want to say born too early, but he was ahead of his time. You know, see, think about this. See, now, now you mentioned Kuji. I have no idea. That your audience, you can, you have to bear witness. Your audience <laughs> has no idea that you were going to ask me about Kuji. Nope. So this is how, this is how great Kuji rap is. This dude says, when G-Rap strikes the mic, I recite the type of hype that you like to make the people unite. Now, he said that like 88. Right. I got that locked in my head right now, just off the muscle, you know, just mm -hmm. by you bringing his name up, you know what I'm saying? Um, taking a breath because you don't have another left, coming back like I'm avenging my brother's death. Man, the, the wordplay is brilliant, man. 30 years ago, right? this dude is evil, you know? And he's another one that I wish that would, would come back out and hit him with some stuff because that there's some songs that, um, we know the main songs that we know the symphony, we know the sure. riches and all that. But man, it's every every artist has those albums where the songs that are not the hit records, those hidden gems in the album mm -hmm. that he really snapping on, you know. So I don't know if you're gonna ask me about Rakim, but just to use him as an example, yeah. like we all knew of um Microphone Fiend and check out my melody and follow the leader. But Rakim had a song called Lyrics of Fury. Mm -hmm. I remember it that wasn't song. a single, no video was made to it to my knowledge. And that's one of my favorite songs from him. So Kooji Rap was that guy that like, okay, yeah, we hear the one he made a video. That's for industry purposes. But listen to number five. Uh -huh. Snapping, you know what I'm saying? So Kooji Rap is, doesn't get mentioned like he should. And just one of the one of the coldest ever, man. It's exactly what I was just gonna say. People don't talk about him enough when they talk about the great lyricist. Not at all. Spice one. Spice one, man. The East Bay gangster. Yeah. Um Spice One is another guy who doesn't get credit for being as creative, you know, as some of the guys who just get those labels. See, when, when Spice One came out with the song about the liquor and he would just name yeah. it 187 proof yeah the 187 see that was one of the inspiration that i had when i when i would do songs like i had a song called cartoon orgy back in the days you know yeah. where i took the um the cartoon character i took the, the one with the candy bars and I, that stuff comes from hearing songs like 187 proof mm -hmm. spice one be clever like that and just be original not sounding like nobody coming out sounding exactly like himself and being gangster with it and uh, these days, he's like, Shh, man, he 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 is so outspoken now. He's worse now. He, I, I, we we really need some consistent Spice One coming out now because I see him in interviews now. And he just he just murking cats, man. But now Spice had um, so many great songs and um, uh, production uh, with Ant Banks. I think back in the days was yeah. doing a lot of production for him, man. Just. Underrated, man. What about Biz Marquis? Oh, man. Biz. Biz is a um, an entertainer. He is a uh, a jack of all trades because he could rap. He could beatbox. He could DJ. And like I say, he could entertain. You know, he could keep the people interested and, and hyped up. You know, he's that guy. You know, I... Um, I, I won't say I met Biz, but I was around him like a couple of times back mm -hmm. in the days, you know, because I was I would we'd go to the concerts 
And I like saw him pass by one time, like, who this bitch? And then I, that was another concert at a smaller venue in the city of Houston um, where he was uh, headlining and I was opening up, where I was supposed to open up. I got into it with the promoter and ended up not doing the show. But yeah, Biz is a, um, just a legendary figure in hip hop that I hope that we don't let time um, consume him and, and forget him because we just lost Biz. Right. But we got to make sure that people like him are always mentioned. I don't know if it need to be some kind of hip hop museum or something. I don't know, but you know, people like Biz that left a hole in the game. They're actually building a. It's called the Universal Hip Hop Museum in New York. They're they're in the process of actually building the building. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a cool thing. I, I I just hope that the artists you know have some type of um stake in it somehow you know the way it can benefit them you know but yeah but that that's needed because a lot of the newer artists need to uh be familiarized with what came before them and um to, to gain that appreciation but not just to gain appreciation to also to draw from that that knowledge base from that history man there's so much we can learn from the people that came before us the next one might be a little controversial south park mexican no, nah, I mean not at all. Um, For what he did, people, yeah. yeah. Well, you know people, um, and you know you may form your own opinions of of how things went down or whatever. But um, you know he he's a guy who also opened up doors for Latino rappers and opened up doors and gave opportunities. Even to this day, he has doors open and has created. Um, employment and revenue because his company is still in, in existence. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we still collaborate. We still collaborate. He does He does a show. I came from a low-income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GCE became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Every year, called the Day of Unity in the city of Houston, and every year he does the show, and um, thousands of people show up. So he's been imprisoned for coming up on 20 years now, and he has one of the most loyal fan bases that, I, that I've ever seen because I participated in the Day of Unity event probably for the last four or five years. And um, being one of the first uh, Latino artists to come out, period, one of the first. Grimm is the first out of the city of Houston. Let's make that known. Grimm in the Southeast, Latin section, Shadow and Falero. Shout out to my brothers, my SPC brothers. They were the first. And SPM came shortly after that. And um, he got a $30 million record deal at one point. That's unprecedented, yeah. you know, uh, probably by any artist in the city. A lot of artists in Houston got big deals, a major deal, million dollars here, 15, 20 here. I think Flip got 20 something. But the deal that he received, I think that was the biggest one. If somebody, let somebody can, you know, fact check me and prove it wrong. But so, you know, he, 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 he planted his feet in this city in terms of, of hip hop and rap. And um, 
regardless of what opinions people may have and and whatever they have of, of the outside stuff and strictly hip hop you can't take you can't take nothing away from it. brother lynch on brother lynch is a brother that uh, i've never met i'm not overly familiar with his mm -hmm. music i know that he he's a hardcore rapper like my brother nip right and, um, anytime you hear about uh brother lynch and uh, esham who yeah. i have met um people always like man we need a song with esham brother lynch nip you know they name all of the, the insane clown they name all of the rappers who fall yeah. under the umbrella so um but i would be lying if i said that i was you know familiar with a lot of uh brother lynch's music how about esg oh man my god man esg esg is uh a guy who I've been around since the early 90s, back in the days when we were first putting out our records. We kind of, we grew up together in the industry in terms of going through the uh, the, the independent regional wholesale uh, distribution companies, just starting the labels and he, he was doing his thing out. So we kind of grew up together in that vein. But the thing I re respect about the, the most about ESG outside of just his longevity and just being a real, you know, cool brother is a freestyle ability, man. I tell him all the time, I was like, man, he has an ability. If you ever see him perform live, man, just his his, his spontaneity in terms of coming off the dome is um is beautiful. And I just watch him just just captivate a crowd just coming out the head you, you could probably wake that dude you could probably wake up him and lift flip out they sleep and just shake them and say man freestyle and they could they could just <laughs> do it and, and it'd be on a different level because i just believe that some artists are blessed with that gift and i tell people all the time you know that that's not my gift you know my gift is is is, is penmanship you know but um esg um his freestyle ability is, is is wonderful but don't sleep on his pen game either you know don't sleep on his pen game he's one of the best to ever do it in this city he's a legend and um he's remained humble that's what i that's what i love about him esg ain't never acted hollywood he ain't never switched up and changed up so um you know that, that that's that's my guy right there man. i got Devin the dude next uh, same thing what a, what I think about just humility, you know, from certain artists that, that come out the city, guys that I know or knew personally, two names that come to my mind are Screw and Devin, guys who no matter what pinnacles of success that they reach, you might still see him at the gas station pumping his gas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and, and, and if somebody walks up to him and uh, wants a picture or wants to just chop it up. He has no issue with that, man. He's very grounded, very down to earth and humble, and one of the most um, creatively original artists, period, in the industry. That's why so many people have always reached out. That's why the Dr. Dre's and the different artists have always reached out to work with him because he he brings multiple elements to your project. He's a dope rapper. You might not want him to rap. You might want him to just give give me a little cool little hook. You know what I'm saying? Like and he is uh comfortable in his skin you know Devin gonna come on stage smoking his weed and rapping about his weed and and that's what it's gonna be 
and and people love him for that. And he is another artist who has a loyal following, a loyal support system to where he's that guy. Like it's a this old school group that I know you're familiar with, Frankie Beverly and Maze. Yeah. And they and I could man, if I had a dollar for every time Frankie Beverly and Maze have come to Houston and do a concert, I'd be a millionaire. They they come all the time. And every time they come, the people come. That's Devin. Devin can do a, a show at the same venue <laughs> five or six times a year. And the people gonna come out every time because they want to see him. They, they they love the songs. And when, when people love your music, they they connect that music to that artist. So now y'all are on the string. It's the artist, the audience, and the artistry, those three A's. And they're all connected on the string like we together now. And I'm gonna end it with a legend. He's on your island, Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane, man. Um, Big Daddy Kane is one of the people who, just from listening to him, because I don't know him personally, but just from listening to him, he instilled that um, that humor mixed in with the lyricism, because he was very lyrical, but he crack a joke on you with with one of the punchlines, you know, just things like that. And Put a he, quarter on your ass because you played yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, you just, um, um, well, get your damn hands off the mic that I'm choking, you know, so the, yeah. the stuff that make you laugh when you listen that you didn't expect for him, for him to say. So he made that all right to do at a time where a lot of lyricists had to be so serious. Right. You know, I gotta be serious. I gotta be mug on me and just, you know, he made it all right to where, because what we, when we grew up, battling back in Houston, um, we had this thing called, you know, you, you rapping, just saying your raps, but that was also a subcategory called rank rapping. And what that was, is like, we had this thing called ranking and it's, and it's similar to other regions. They may call it roasting. They may call it playing the dozens, riffing or whatever. We, we call it ranking. So you sitting in the cafeteria talking about somebody, mom and all that. So when we translate, I was one of the people who translated that over into rap, you know, where we talking about your mama and your, how your head looking, all that. That's called rank rapping. So Kane was similar to that, to where they would have, he would have little punch lines where he may say something about you where it's like almost like he playing a dozen, he roasting you, and but he's doing it lyrically. And um, another um, group that was big on that, that was similar to that, that came before came was UTFO. Yes. You know, can't go and Doc Ice, they would shoot little, mm -hmm. little crack, little jokes on you like that, you know, RIP to Kango, man. Right. But, um, yeah, just you know, all that plays a role because, um, speaking for myself, it helped me to be a, um, a combination, to be a Swiss army knife um, as a rapper because I was able to do all that. I could be dead serious if you want to go there. But I, I could also, oh, oh, you trying to crack on me? Oh, I, I got some of that too. You know, and I go in and start talking about you like that too. So, you know, I credit people like Kane, you know, early on, you know, because when, when Kane's album dropped, I was in high school. You know, I wasn't fully developed. I wasn't ready, you know. So he was a definite influence on me, you know, in, in terms of helping me 
mold me into, you know, whatever it is that I am now. If you want to plug your pluggables, where can people get at you? What do you got coming out? How can they, social media, tags, all that. Yeah, yeah, real quick, I'm going to do this. But we, we mentioned all those rappers. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my little brother Zero. So I got to mention my brother Zero, man. You know, the king of the ghetto, who is um, one of the most phenomenal talents ever, period, in rap, in my opinion, man. So I got to definitely, you know, give a, a strong salute to my brother. But yeah, um, yeah, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's The Real K Reno. Uh, the Real K Reno on Twitter as well. Um, I don't really do IG. I know people think I'm crazy, but um, that's really about it. Um, just catch me how you catch me, man. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the hour out with me. Uh, like I said, it means a lot. I've been listening to you for 30 years, so it was um, an honor to be able to talk some hip-hop with you. Oh, man, it's an honor to talk to you as well. Man. I appreciate all the love and support all these years, man, and Anytime you need me, hit me up. All right. Keep doing what you're doing. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. Nowadays they say it's easier to kill than to try to control millions. National debt sits in the trillions. And there's a plot to steal the birthright of the children of Israel, the real ones. Plans to hide every revolutionary's relevance. Triggered by the FBI's counterintelligence. Leaders killed and jailed unjustly by his director. The aggressor, J. Edgar Hoover, the racist cross-dresser. His orchestration of hatred-laced investigations. The infiltration of civil rights organizations. Assassinations, character defamations through media, even today used in deceiving and misleading you. Believing the raw motivated lies defeating you. Corporate America thieves get greedier and greedier. Neocons hate the poor, they spent years denouncing them. The poor built this country, but nobody's looking out for them. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Right there in front of you. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Propaganda and TV nonsense keep people unconscious. Pompous governments keep sponsoring bomb hits. Honesty is far gone. The land is a war zone. Your family and your children consuming animal hormones. Nothing is organic. Nearly everything real is gone. Fast food places in the great meat with silicone. Every day we pay for it. Now the whole nation's sick. Addictive and money-driven drugs are what the patients get. Any natural remedy, the FDA sanctions it. Cause they don't want the cure. They want the money that they make.
make for me. The USA's a corporation, wealth is the emphasis. Prison industrial complexes, slave businesses, stock market interesting. The reason that they build them in advance is because they know eventually they're gonna fill them. Orchestrated a system to incarcerate your children and project future inmates based on that to make millions. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Right there in front of you. It's always the entity you don't see Subconsciously Planted in your head is where it wants to be Thousands of media powers owned by three companies 85% of the whole planet in darkness Spend millions on sports teams while the homeless are starving Nobody wants to protest, rally a picket But it's a line around the corner for them concert tickets Soldiers dying every day, you keep sending them out I want to send 5,000 killers to Zimmerman's house The Rockefellers in the Bush family in the same box, G. Henry Ford, all of them supported the Nazis. Members of the Tea Party still telling black jokes. You wearing the clothes, but the designer hates black folks. Reporters want to get dirt. Sound bites and excerpts. CNN must mean corrupt news network. Lost every dime you had riding with the wrong stock. Made in USA is dead. China got it on lock. Lost your 401k and all the paper you was holding. Cause you invested in something somebody else was controlling, they make it go up or down, rise high, fall deep, the market's manipulated by people on Wall Street, talk about the Middle East, like America's errorless university campus and movie theater terrorists, true devilish temperament, the government is infamous, ask them what they do to Guantanamo Bay prisoners, they dominate the airwaves and lie to the listeners, presenting false information intended to condition us, the black man's thinking since slavery is the evidence, most don't understand what the Willie Lynch let them in. Centuries of self-hating divisions of blacks. Now they twist the difference between racism and facts. We read the Declaration of Independence with blinders. There were nine Freemasons among the 56 signers. In 1870, along came the Shriners. A higher order of masonry with a secret behind them. The sword on the logo, it speaks for itself. Meaning anyone who tells the secret is put to death. Who is Hiram Abel? What's his true identity? The devil's agenda be to kill us mentally continually. The wolf in sheep's clothing who fabricated divinity. The enemy who murders through lies, science, and chemistry. Trickery and industry. For power they forever plot. You went to war to fight for a freedom that you never got. Dirty chess moves executed by the hidden hand. Now they plotting on a way to go to war with Iran. Same game used again. Same wicked methods born. Just like Paul Wolfowitz had done before a desert storm, the government is broke. They can't cater to your needs. Planned Parenthood persuading to kill your future seeds. The school system misleads. They money-hungry savage vultures. If you chase the greed, you better get you one in agriculture. Now it's questions in the music. Are you in that other mix? Why the hell you covering your eyes and throwing up the six? Did you give your soul away? A price that you could not afford. Did you take from Satan what you could have got from the Lord? God is DNA. Baffling in my Seen. His existence is rooted in the number 19. His origin comes from where the mathematics say 
say it from D the fourth letter, N is 14 and A is one. Who prevailed in the end, the divine or the evil? This war that's going on is for the minds of the people. Calamities keep increasing, world confusion bound to deepen. Nobody can take control of their surroundings if they sleep in. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Left side, right side, over you and under you. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Right side, left side.